Hey friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on becoming better followers of Jesus. If you are eager, like I am, to follow Jesus Christ, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. So I hope this study is helpful to you as we try to look at the worldview that is driving the abortion issue as far as being pro-abortion, uh, pro-choice. We want to understand from where they're coming from, how they are thinking, because many of them are very passionate in their beliefs. And you would hate to see someone or think someone is passionate about a lie. So there's got to be an underlying belief, a worldview uh, that people are uh, viewing everything through that allows them to be so pas- uh, so passionate about it. And we've talked about that on last Thursday's episode, last week's episodes, really, about the secular worldview, how it drives, and specifically about this personhood theory that creates a divide between the biological human and a person. Uh, it's like a two-story house. On the bottom, you have the, the biological human being. On the top, you have the person. Until that human being becomes a person, they don't require rights. Uh, the problem with that, as we talked about, is everything is relative. There's no basis. There's no foundation. There's no objective criteria for when that occurs. So it's just up to Sally, Joe, Jim, Bob, whoever uh, wants to state that. And that is a major, major issue. But if we were to follow the thinking of personhood theory all the way out, we're going to see some major, major issues. And I think you'll see uh, how this is even being played out in our culture. So the personhood theory produces inequality. It's crazy. The ones who are, you know, my body, my choice, pro, pro-choice, wanting women to have the autonomy of their own body. They want everybody to be treated equally, actually their basis and what they're viewing this issue on actually produces inequality. You see, the personhood theory produces inequality, essentially meaning human value is based on what? Degree. And if human value is based on degree, that produces inequality. Uh, Francis Beckwith said this, if human value is based in any way on degree, then there is no solid basis for all people having equal worth. Scott Klusendorf, who wrote a great book, The Case for Life, says this, humans have value simply because they are human, not because of some acquired property that they may gain or lose during their lifetime. If you deny this, it's difficult to account for fundamental human equality for everyone. And so to see, uh, to state or to view that a human being inside the womb does not become a person until they uh, become a certain size or they have a certain level of dependence or because of their location in the environment, in the womb, outside of the womb, uh, or their dependency on others or not on others, it creates this inequality. It creates this degree of worth uh, that people acquire or lose. Those that are screaming screaming equality for everyone are the very ones treating people unequal. Think about how uh, what a paradox that is. They are provi- they're providing human rights, value and dignity based on what a human can do or has in property rather than on who they are. And that is a huge 
huge issue. And sometimes we just need to help people to see this through. If you're saying that the unborn in the womb does not become a person, does not receive rights, does not have value, uh, does not have dignity until they become a person, and you're saying it's because of a certain size or a certain level of development or a certain dependency or whatever the case is, you're saying they are not equal. You're saying people outside uh, in, in the human uh, race are, are unequal as well, no matter what their age are. And so human value based on God produces total equality and contrast here. Where do humans get value and the right to life? Where well, our biblical view, as we established that foundation a couple episodes ago, the biblical view establishes that all men are created equal. Why? Because they are created by God every single person, and they receive the right to life from him the moment that life comes to be. You see, they receive value in virtue of the kind of thing they are because they're a human being. You have value not because of what you can do, your size, uh, your location. You receive a value because you are a human being. Biologically, we understand in the womb that is a human being. We understand outside of the womb that is a human being. We understand empirically what a human being is. Science can tell us when life starts, but it cannot tell us how to treat life or where value and the right to life comes from. You see, it's being created in the image of God. That's where we find our value. That's where you find your value, your rights, your identity, your dignity. And as a result, all humans have equal rights and value because each human is a is an image bearer of God when life begins at conception. And Genesis chapter 1 teaches us that. Uh, James chapter 3, verse number 9 says this. It says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made, watch this, after the similitude of God. And so it's speaking in the New Testament the fact that you and I carry the image of God. That similitude there is the same word used for image. So we also have to remember that God is not a respecter of persons, right? And as a, in essence of that, then all humans are created equal. You know, Thomas Jefferson realized this truth in writing of the Declaration of Independence. He said this, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator, God being their Creator, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are what? The right to life, the right to liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so we learn where this worldview comes from. Uh, we learn it comes from the, the secular worldview. I've mentioned that in our previous study. Well, that gives us some, some major issues here. Uh, so personhood theory is produced by the secular postmodern worldview. It is a natural outworking of these views and beliefs. Uh, the secular worldview sees matter as all that exists. Now, while you would think that materialism, meaning matter is of utmost importance, that that's all that exists, would have a high view of matter, but since all matter, since all matter is here by chance and of random processes, it actually produces an extremely low view of matter. It's kind of backwards thinking. You think since that's all there is, they would lift it up high, but since everything is here by random processes, by chance, via evolutionary uh, view, it actually creates a very extremely low view of matter. And in the result of that is this, it dehumanizes humans. It, it brings us down lower than what we really are. And so the personhood theory does this, it dehumanizes the body slash person, really the one. 
You see, the personhood theory coming out of this secular, this postmodern worldview, it's just a natural outworking of it. And a major problem here is it uh, dehumanizes people. The personhood theory is the same dehumanizing body-person divide that is fueling not only the abortion, but the assisted suicide issue, homosexuality, transgenderism, and the hookup culture. If you can divide your body biologically from your person, your, your soul, and your mind, then allow your body to do whatever it wants to. Allow your body to hook up with whoever you want it to. Just don't get emotionally attached. That's what's fueling that. I hope you can see uh, the assisted suicide. So when you get to a certain point in your life, when you begin to lose the criteria it took for you uh, to become a person, then, you know, the government or you become a liability or someone can help you end your life because you are now a, a liability. So maybe someone is not able to uh, recognize their their environment. Maybe somebody is more dependent on somebody to take care of them because of sickness or health issues. I hope you see as this plays out, it becomes a major issue that you can say, oh, I'm sorry, you are no longer a person at 80 or you're no longer a person at 40 because you had this health issue. Oh, because you're in a coma, you are no longer a person, so we can therefore end your life. Whatever the case is, you have Alzheimer. I'm sorry you're not aware of your circumstances, of who you are, can't remember your name, then I'm sorry you are no longer a person and we can take your life. That's how this worldview works all the way through. And this is what lies at the root of these issues, this personhood theory. So lastly, if we follow this theory to its conclusion, we discover that personhood theory just is not consistent. What do you mean it's not consistent? If you follow it all the way through, it has devastating effects. It dehumanizes not only the unborn, but the handicapped, the elderly, the sick, and the injured, as I just mentioned. An example of that would be someone in a coma. Now think about this. They have lost consciousness. They've lost their ability to interact. They've lost their their self-awareness. They have no reflective choices, and they have no social experience. Remember the list of things that you must have in order to become a person? A person in a coma loses all these. They no longer fit the criteria of a person, so accordingly, they have also lost all rights to life. Under the personhood theory and the abortion views, this person can be killed without any consequences. It's the same no matter where their location is, on a hospital bed or in the mother's room. You see, you can't have it both ways. This theory contradicts itself tremendously, and ultimately it will provide the vehicle for further extermination to those deemed non-human persons. You have to think about somebody born with a handicap. Uh, those that are born with sound, Down syndrome, the doctors are urging, encouraging, look, we realize they're going to have Down syndrome. You, you must abort them. Why? Because they're saying they're less than. They're va- No, regardless of what a person can do, regardless of their size, regardless of their ability to think, some of us are better thinkers than others, right? Uh, regardless of your talents, regardless of your height, regardless of anything, that doesn't make you more of a human than another. So what is the basis What makes us have value? What makes us have dignity? What gives us the right to life? The fact that we're all created by our Creator. We're created in His image. Life begins at conception. As soon as conception happens, that's when it becomes a living, distinct, whole human being who has the right to life. And so we must follow the thinking all the way through and help people to see the error in the logic of this worldview. Uh, This could be the difference between 63 million plus million dead babies. Think about that. 
That is crazy when you think about that. The big issue at hand then is answering this question, and that's what we're going to spend our our next episodes on, is what exactly is the unborn? Uh, When we understand and can answer that question, then our stance or our view on abortion will naturally unfold based on that answer. So join with us on that episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.